0: Wednesday, November 22nd. You can feel the gobble gobble in the atmosphere. Thanksgiving Eve. I remember back in the days there was probably no better party night when you were like coming home for that first college break. It's one of the biggest nights in the bar industry. It's one of the biggest nights in the pizza delivery and Chinese food delivery business. Nobody wants to be cooking the night before Thanksgiving. So, uh, it, it, this is, this is always a fun time of year. It really is. I love Thanksgiving. I love the best meal of the year, a day full of football, no dogma, no presents attached to anything. Just get together with friends, family, watch football, eat a great meal. This is a, this is a phenomenal holiday. I don't know why we haven't invented a few more of these along the way. We really should Thanksgiving too. Electric Boogaloo, we should absolutely have a Thanksgiving, 2. Thanksgiving the sequel at some point in time. Either way, welcome to uh, Humo Day, as it is known amongst the Plusers. Um, it's amazing what one typo will do uh, to this crowd. Thank you very much for joining, as always. And let's just hop right into the fact that what we still have between the 49ers and the Seahawks is the best rivalry in the NFC West. It really is. You know, it was supposed to be the Rams. When the Rams came back to Los Angeles, it was supposed to really ignite that northern California southern California dislike that is, you know, pretty much prevalent throughout the state. Giants, Dodgers, Warriors, Lakers. You know, it's it's it's, it's beautiful. It's set up. I love geographic rivalry. I always have. I always will. But the chief rivalry of the 49ers, it remains the Seahawks. And this is funny because, you know, especially after you got the Rams beating the 49ers in the NFC title game, you'd think that that would really ignite it. But there's so much regular season ownage for Kyle over Sean McVay that, you know, the hammer and the nail are rarely rivals. There's one doing more work there than the other. So it's still, in my mind, the Seattle Seahawks. And I think in a lot of Niners fans, it is still very much the best rivalry that the 49ers have in the NFC, not named the Dallas Cowboys, which we always knows, you know, pushes, that that pushes all the chips right into the middle of the hatred of who you're playing table whenever it's the the, the Dallas Cowboys. But look, the rivers run deep in this rivalry. Sure, you got Shanahan, you got some recent ownage over Pete Carroll, you got two regular season wins and a wild card game win over the Seahawks. Four of the last five have gone to the 49ers, but these rivers really do run deep. And, you know, Harbaugh Pete Carroll has given away to Shanahan versus Pete Carroll. Crabtree versus Uncle Sherm. Sorry, receiver rant, scaring the hell out of Aaron Andrews. Got Cam Chancellor and Vernon Davis. You got Seattle's offensive line against Navarro Bowman's knee. A lot of these kind of never forget, never get clear of moments. And then, of course, there is Turkey on the 50. The worst way ever to essentially christen Levi's Stadium is what happened when you had Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson and Michelle Tafoya sitting on the 50-yard line eating turkey legs at Levi's Stadium. How the 49ers agreed to that, how they let that happen still to this day, it baffles me. I, I I need an expose. I think I need a documentary on that at some point. I might just be the right guy to host it, by the way. Anyway. It's a hell of a rivalry, and here we go on Thanksgiving for the first time since birth of Turkey on the 50. Uh, So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what this rivalry means. But one other thing to let you know, and by the way, cheers and and welcome to all of you. I'm going to be completely honest. I was up a little early this morning, and the sip of the day has already technically passed. This is a, a simulation of the sip of the day. We're already at least 10 degrees under temp in this cup for it being ideal. But again, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to Sip of the Day. But there it is. There it is. Uh, Brock Purdy. Just named the NFL uh, or the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He was named this morning after finishing with a perfect passer rating against the Buccaneers. And he is... I'm glad that Brock Purdy is starting to see a level of attention paid to his career that is more than just curiosity. Like people are starting to acknowledge there's something happening over here with this guy. There is something that is out of the ordinary and it's, it, it it's totally out of the ordinary. There's never been a Mr. Irrelevant that has become in any way, shape or form really relevant to the league In any way, beyond a starting quarterback who is producing numbers that are remarkable. A quick season update for you. Let's update where Brock is in the standings in some of these all-important passing categories. Brock Purdy, today, is first in the NFL in completion percentage, in passer rating, in yards per completion, in yards per attempt, and in touchdowns per attempt. Like that's 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 pretty damn good. That's pretty hard to shake a stick at. I know some people are in the shake and the stick at everything business out there. Business is no longer booming in that department for anyone who really wants to insist that Brock Purdy is an illusion here. There is a consistency to the games that this guy's playing early on in his career that suggests this is not an illusion. An illusion would pop up one week and then just kind of vanish into the ether the next. There is a steady stream of consistent football being played in this young career that is remarkable. It really, really is remarkable. His team is in first place. And his numbers, as we sort of talked about yesterday, his numbers are comparable to Aaron Rodgers in one of his MVP seasons to Boomer Esiason's and and Boomer's MVP season and Dan Marino's MVP season. And look, I, I don't know if Brock Purdy is the MVP. Of his own team, if we're being completely honest about this, like that's how much respect I've got for Christian McCaffrey and what he does as the Swiss Army knife that has opened up this offense to the point where Brock is now putting up numbers like this. You know, it's it by the way, Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey are the same coin like you can flip it right now and whether it lands heads or tails, You've got an MVP argument to be made on either side of that. But it's way too early in the year to have an MVP conversation. It's not even Christmas yet. We haven't even had we haven't even cut the the pumpkin pie after Thanksgiving dinner. So anyone who wants to have an MVP discussion right now, as far as I'm concerned, has disqualified themselves from any real MVP discussion. So I see you I see you're looking at me and you're saying, Damon, why are you wearing headphones? You normally don't wear headphones. Well, the reason why I'm wearing headphones is because we've got a little guest today that I have never had on the show before. I've appeared on his show a couple of times and very early on here in my pivot to YouTube cg ruthless was one of those guys who reached out nice and early as a niner fan saying man i like what you do come on my channel i've done it a few times and since this is all about what we're thankful for cg i'm thankful that you had me on you're a part of this channel's growth and it's about damn time we said hello and i got to introduce you to everyone watching the damon bruce show over here how you doing man
1: Oh, thank you, Damon. It is a pleasure and an honor, and salute to your fans, man. You've been growing, man. I've been admiring you for years, man, and it's just an honor to be on your show, too.
0: Well, thank you. I'll tell you what I'm admiring, those sunglasses. Uh, Tell us about about the sunglasses. Are those the official Colorado football? Isn't what we sort of promised it to be, but we're still pretending it's working?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess Dion kind of let me down, but I still got them shades to go golden, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, so we got ourselves a really big football game. And, you know, it, it. it's easy to look past Seattle for maybe the first time ever because we see who's next. We see who is next and who they is next, us the most problems without a doubt. We know what's coming up next. But I'm going to worry about Philadelphia next week. This is the week where. I think you got to worry about the Seahawks a lot because if this were on a normal schedule, if this were normal rest, if it were not a Thursday game, I would love the Niners going up to Seattle on a short week at Lumen field at night, weird things always happen in this rivalry. And I think that that's what makes it so interesting. How do you feel about the Niners going up to Seattle tomorrow night? What do you, what do you expect? And what are you worried about?
1: I expect at least to be a pretty decent game. I mean, we can't sleep on Seattle. Like, even with Geno not being on his best, you know, he's going to still play. So it doesn't matter what Seattle team we're going to play. They're going to still play their best game, and it's in Seattle. It's one of the most toughest environments. What concerns me the most is what's going on with our offensive linemen. It's like we're having some issues, but then again, you just made a good point about Brock Purdy. He's been playing well with this tough of offensive line. What's more concerning is the secondary. How are we going to cover D.K. Metcalf and those rest of those wide receivers unless we can get the Gino?
0: I'm excited to see what Jair Brown looks like. I wish that there were a normal week of prep to kind of get him into the starting lineup. But, you know, injuries happen and it's a next man up league and he's the next man up. And, you know, this is something I've been talking about with Kruger there is a chance that there might be a better athlete. I'm not saying he's going to be a better safety, a better football player than Talanoa Hufanga, but bigger, faster, stronger, could be playing into Jair Brown's makeup. And I I just think he's a football player. I watched an awful lot of Penn State. This guy's got good hands. He can tackle. I don't think there's going to be much of a fall off. And that's with all due respect to Talanoa Hufanga, who set the bar pretty high for safety play.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you saw from Jair Brown in college was he has a knack for the ball. It's like it's been natural to him. Coverage-wise, I like what I've seen from him in coverage. Even with the one coverage he messed up on the rest of the way, he's been straight on point. So it's like, like you said, we should be good with Jair Brown. I feel like with Jair Brown, you're getting somebody who can actually – I might have a a bold take. I think he might even lead the rookies in interceptions when it's all said and done because they're going to test his direction.
0: They are. They're going to come after them. And that's, look, smart offensive coordinators and smart quarterbacks test untested waters. That's that's what you do. There is so much of this league just concentrates on the stars. And really, so much of the game is, is my third best player on this field better than your third or fourth best player on this field? And there's so much of that that is going to go into the soup of this game. I also for the first time this year I've talked about this yesterday. You know, when when you talk when you talk football with an audience for 18 years in a row there are people who are like, "Hey, didn't you bring that up last year around this time?" And yeah, I probably did. I'm bringing it up again. Special teams red alert all afternoon long. Watch Seattle try to steal a possession, either with a fake field goal or a fake punt. I just feel like Pete Carroll on a short week has got some bullshit waiting for the 49ers. In there it
1: leaves a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, special teams red alert, feeling it?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a little trickery. You know how that one play where Travis Homer got the touchdown off of that fake punt play? It's going to be something like that, maybe.
0: Be on red alert. Be on red alert. Red alert. Watch out
1: for that fake pub because that's for the running back. It could be that running back. Um, I think Charbonnet might get it. Or um, I'm hearing that they got this rookie, uh, McIntosh, that's going to be activated for this game.
0: Well, look, it's going to be a, a little bit of element of surprise, a little bit of unexpected because it is a short prep week. And we know that it's harder on a short prep week. You sort of condensed the playbook in a short prep week. 49ers, I think they're the better team. But Seattle is just good enough at home to have me a little worried about this game. I really, I I am. Division rivalries breed contempt. They know each other. I don't think anyone's going to be able to surprise each other. So just going out and playing bully power football should go into the Niners' favor. It really should. But this is what Seattle does. They can sit there and trade punches with anyone, and then it's a question of how many mistakes do they make. I saw this today. CG, the Seahawks are the most penalized team in football. I, I didn't even really realize this until I saw a Cash Anavaranthian, another content creator that I've had on the show, too, who's really good at what he does. Um, Seattle's got a lot of middling numbers. They're like 18th in total yardage, 13th in passing, 25th in rushing. They're very average, but they're consistently inconsistent with the flags, 25 flags in just their last three games alone. Pete Carroll's team leads the NFL in penalties this season. So if the Niners play clean, I think they get out alive.
1: We should be able to take care of it. It's just, like you said, like the penalties may be the factor for us to win this in a way. You know, like... um the way how Seattle plays, man, they they played too physical sometimes, and that's part of what kills them with penalties, especially with certain players. Like uh, I think majority of their penalties come with their defenders mostly, because those guys I see how I see I can see why you're saying they have the most penalties the last three games because they're undisciplined. The way we play ball is we run it towards their throats. the The weakest part of their game is the run defense. They are ranked 21st against the run. If you run outside with Christian McCaffrey you should get those big chunk of yards out of them.
0: You know why there's an awful lot of, I think, penalties on Seattle too is because Pete Carroll's up there trying to play Legion of Boom level football without the talent that it really takes to play that level of football. Legion of Boom basically had a game plan. And their game plan was, we are going to be physical every single play. We doubt you throw a flag on every single play. We dare you to overly zealous uh like officiate this game and because of certain players reputations they got away with it maybe lesser reputations let seattle get away with it a little bit less and all these flags that they're picking up um tell t- tell people who are seeing you for the first time where to follow you about your channel where they can come and get cool sunglasses 49er content
1: ah oh, dude definitely um CG ruthless. I just do shows on a daily. Um, mostly, I go on TikTok, so that's where most of my content's at. Man, I got like five thousand followers down there. YouTube you know, I'm, been, still not, it's,
0: I'm still not on TikTok. I just I haven't done it. I can't. I, there's something about, and I'm not worried about Chinese spying or anything like that. There's just like, tell me you don't do like TikTok dances, and you're you're not you're not doing like head oh. shoulders knees and toes on TikTok.
1: Oh no, I just do Niners content, okay, or I good. just use a green screen. I do updates. Most of my videos just go up the roof a little bit, but um, yeah, on YouTube it's just CG roofless. Um, if you guys want to see my most impressive interview. Check out my Spencer Burford interview. That's like the one that was like a month before the draft. If you guys are not too familiar with my channel, man. That's I have separate content. One is for the wrestling content where I interview pro wrestlers. And then the one with Niners content, I keep it separate.
0: All right. So I used to watch an awful lot of wrestling earlier in my life. I'm going back to like Ricky the Steamboat Dragon, British Bulldogs uh coco beware early
1: w macho man
0: yes yes uh best wrestler working
1: the circuit today is who who? the the best one currently
0: yes who is currently the best wrestler in the wrestling universe
1: Mm, everybody keeps saying roman reigns but i don't see it i I gotta say if he's outside of wwe i gotta say mjf man the guy has the best mic even on AEW, this man is a mic talker he knows how to like this dude knows how to sell tickets. Like, I, don't right. know, I just want to watch him. I want to watch this guy. I don't even so that I'm. I'm so out of it. Who Who is it? What's his MJF? Name? MJF is a wrestler from AEW. He's like one of their top stars, bro. Like if if you don't like I mean, WWE, they got some top talents too. But I like I like MJF more than Roman Reigns. At least he'll compete consistently.
0: So is there like an is there a legitimate actual? competing against the wwe league going on right there's the awf is that what it's called is a
1: they don't really compete like they're not like competition wise but they do got some guys out there that got some young promising talent but i just think mjf is like the best of the bunch like i when i watch rust i want to see this guy wrestle there you go roman reigns i don't know like I, i like the other guys but roman reigns just i'm getting bored out of him a little bit
0: Niner content, wrestling content, great <laughs> sunglasses. And if you don't mind me saying a really nice guy, you reached out to help me early on. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you, your whole family. Hope you have a great one.
1: Oh yeah, you too, dude. Uh, it's been an honor and yeah, this was a good timing. I was like very thankful you reached out for this show, man. This is just fun, dude.
0: Well, it's great having you on. There he is, CG Ruthless. Follow him on YouTube. Follow him on TikTok. Follow him on Twitter. CG Ruthless One on Twitter. Is that what it is? Yeah. There you go. And we won't we won't call it X because we ain't playing that with Elon. <laughs> Thank you, man. Take care All of yourself. Right. All right, man. CG Ruthless again. Nice guy, young guy, understanding the the the. the, the he, he's helping me understand what the hell's going on here on YouTube early on, so I appreciate him very, very much, and this is all about what are you thankful for? I'm thankful. How are you? Are you good? You feeling thankful? So here's the plan tomorrow, okay? We're going to have a sort of abridged Damon Bruce show at 11 a.m. We're going to come together, and we're going to kind of cheers and say what we're thankful for, and... Tomorrow, if you're interested, I will share a way to call in, and we will have our Thanksgiving Day draft on Thanksgiving of side dishes. We're going to do that tomorrow. I was told that I can use the same link that I just sent, CG Ruthless. I can put that in the chat, okay? I can put that in the chat, and you can copy that link, and you can come on in, and we will— In the order in which you arrive, which is the most democratic way to do it, have ourselves a Thanksgiving draft at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'm looking forward to it. We're also using this as a chance to test the capacity of how I actually work this and take calls. And maybe this is the big, bold, bright new future of taking calls here on the show. Video calls. I think I got it figured out. I think Larry showed me. Ha. I think Larry showed me how to do it. So, that's where we're that's where we're going. Brave new territory tomorrow and just yeah, a chance to say thanks to so many of you who have been so incredibly supportive of what we're doing over here. It means an awful lot. Uh speaking of support, uh the support that we get from our sponsors is second to none, starting with my man Ike Who, like I said, nobody wants to do any cooking today. Nobody wants to be in the kitchen today. But everybody has to have lunch today. Everybody needs to have lunch. Why don't you go ahead and order yourself a sandwich from Ike's and do it on the Ike's Rewards app. Start earning your way towards free sandwiches. There is a Thanksgiving sandwich with... Turkey and stuffing and cranberries, that is fantastic, but Thanksgiving's tomorrow. You probably don't need that sandwich today, a Thanksgiving preview, or maybe you just want to bury yourself in any and all Thanksgiving flavors, and so go for it. Um, I think I'm getting a Jamie Sire, which I talked about it yesterday, didn't order one yesterday. I've already talked to Jillian about how this afternoon's going to play out, and I do think we're ordering Ikes. So there you go. We don't want to cook either. We don't want to cook either the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, Thank you to Ike. I am so thankful that that guy is not just a sponsor, but a true friend. Uh, Thank you to mybookie.com. I mean, you got three games to play tomorrow. Maybe you want to put a little extra jingle jangle in your uh, Thanksgiving hopper you got a 9.30 kickoff, Packers and Lions in Detroit. That's West Coast time, followed by a 1.30 Commanders and Cowboys game, which will probably drift into the realm of unwatchable. So you might want to have a little something rolling on that just to make it interesting. And then 49ers and Seahawks, without a doubt, the best game, I think, being served up on Thanksgiving. 5.20 p.m. kickoff here on the West Coast, 8.20 East Coast kickoff time. And uh, looking forward to that game. And then, of course at the 2 minute warning this is where we go big tomorrow night join me for a thanksgiving pumpkin pie evening spectacular as we do post game the most aggressive post game in america we don't even wait for the game to end it happens at uh at the 2 minute warning mybookie.ag use promo code damon for a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Uh, JacksSF.com is a plate. No, this isn't a Jax T-shirt today, but today's a day of giving thanks. And I'm thankful to uh, Jax for having the coolest vintage shirts that you're going to find. I know that people are going to start thinking as soon as Thanksgiving is over about, like, it's the holiday season. Got to get some shopping done. You can get all of your shopping done for all your Bay Area sports fans at JacksSF.com. Use Promo code DAMONBRUCE10 when you check out for 10% off. And since we got love for all of our friends today, our friends at Uncle Boy's, again, don't want any lunch, don't want to make anything, don't want to see the kitchen until tomorrow, get yourself a burger at Uncle Boy's, get yourself the lumpia, get yourself the onion rings, and you're going to get yourself a great meal if you indeed do that. Thanks to all of my sponsors. Thanks to all of you. Your guys are, you're you're seriously awesome. Um, Oh, look, you even had it coming, right? You 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 were on to me. Big Mac, wonder if there's a guest today. Uncle Damon has the headphones on. Well, you saw the guest. I'm CG Ruthless. Uh, And thank you very much to Rick Mighty Bone Feliciano. Damon, nearly at 9,500 subs here before Thanksgiving. Again, we wanted to get to 10. It was a bold, bold, bold way to... uh, Uh, Set a big goal. Where are we now? 9,481. 19 more subscribers to 9,500. Let's see if that can happen today. That would make me happy. I'd be thankful for that. 19 of you watching right now are not subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. And the algorithm will make everyone happy, uh, especially uh, my channel. So thank you very, very much. We got Seattle. Seattle. In 24 hours, baby, here we go. A big game. Now, we all know that Philadelphia is waiting. We all see it. We all know it. Let's try not to talk about it because it's putting the cart before the horse. And honestly, if you had to just flip the coin and say, who do you need to beat? You can win a, You can win one of your next two games. You want to beat Seattle. You want to beat Seattle. That's a division rival. Of course, Philadelphia will earn all the talking points and a starring position on the Monday morning shows that follow. Seattle's really important. I don't have to explain that to any of you. I think you all understand this implicitly, which is why we get along. Um, Seattle, again, they will snap their own chicken wing if you wait long enough for them to do it. They are the most penalized team in the NFL, not the Raiders. How often do you get to say that? It's not the Raiders. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not the Raiders. But consistently inconsistent is a good way to sum up to what's holding Seattle back from a team that, again, Sort of surprised everybody with a playoff appearance. Very much surprised everybody with the year that they got out of Geno. Geno's elbows barking at him a little bit in this game. This is set up to be a Niners win. But all sorts of weird things happen when it's 49ers and Seahawks. We know that. We've seen it. Red alert on DJ Metcalf. Red alert on Tyler Lockett. Red alert on Kenneth Walker Third, And red alert on special teams. Look for some tomfoolery there. If those four things are taken care of, I don't think Seattle can win this game. But weird things happen. Weird things happen. Um, I I, I had this on yesterday's show. I want to go ahead and put it back into this one because I just thought it was interesting. Talking about points and point differential and points mattering. You know, you are what your record is. That's who you are. Your point differential isn't who you are in football, but it does speak to how much you go out and overwhelm teams at times. The Eagles have an overwhelming record. I don't know how many games in which they have overwhelmed their opponent as much as they just get all credit in the world for outlasting, winning grimy game after grimy game. You know, the Eagles are constantly... Taking the test that a lot of people still want to see the 49ers put into and succeed in. How good are you when things are grimy? And the grimy games have been the losses for the 49ers. Their wins have pretty much been overwhelming football thoughts. The Eagles are 9-1 with a plus 61 point differential. The Lions are 8-2 with a plus 43 point differential. The 49ers are 7-3 and three with a point differential of plus 122. That is twice the point differential of the Philadelphia Eagles. That means that when the 49ers are rolling, they pull out brass knuckles. Now, the Eagles always play with brass knuckles. That's a very physical team. But the beatdown has not been as complete and as thorough as the way the Niners have turned around and just straight-up backyard bullied some teams in this league. And San Bruno Mike. CG Ruthless. Welcome to the initiated and he did have the stun of shades on. And no, indeed, those 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 ain't Zenny. Look at this. A lot of love for CG Ruthless. Good to have you on the show. Forty UC Steve says, Who's CG? I'm about to start my own podcast to be a guest in Damon's house. Hey, call in tomorrow. We're going to have a Thanksgiving Day draft right at 11. Get in, UC Steve, get in early, and maybe mashed potatoes will still be on the board for you. Who knows? Thank you so very, very much to Giant Niner Fan. 10 Bones goes into the jar, 9,500 subs. We're on our way. It'll get there eventually. We're, well. we just picked up another one. Well, hey, hey, now we're 18 short of 9,500. I love it. I love it. Hit that like button. Thank you very, very much. Nathaniel Richards, Niners minus seven and a half. Seems high. Yeah, I I tell you, in terms of betting on this game, I'd be in full layoff mode. I can take these off now, by the way. Yeah, I I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't touch that line with a 10-foot pole. You're going to have enough digestion issues and possible agita on Thanksgiving as it is anyways. So I would stay away. I would lay it off. And again, I'm not much of a gambler. Unless I'm in Las Vegas, in which case it's our own. I know just enough about sports to become danger, a danger to myself if I started gambling. Because there's nothing, there is nothing, nothing that undoes a gambler faster than I think I know this. So I yeah. I I like to I like to play. I like to play in the right places. From home, I back off. But again, if you want to get in there, mybookie.ag use promo code Damon. CG Ruthless CG Ruthless dripping in Niner's gold he is drip there, there, there was drip that I saw I think I saw drip too drip it's amazing how nice outfit just turned into drip <laughs> Talking about Jair Brown, Old Dirty Hungus says, Larry's been singing his praises all year long. Hate Huff out, but I think he got a good player. Look, I do too. I do too. And I am the biggest Talanoa Hufanga fan out there. I mean, I was driving that guy's bandwagon early on in his career. He is always around the ball. Last year was a better year than this year for Hufanga, but I, do, I like Jair Brown. I don't think there is going to be dramatic fall off. I, how about this? I doubt at any point in time this season becomes undone, completely Jair Brown's fault. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think there's a player. You see Steve says, look, Seattle just almost was beaten by the commanders at home a couple weeks ago. Football's hard, man. Professional football's hard. Anyone can come and get you. Anybody can come and get you. Right when you think, there's no way, no way they can drop that game. That's a game you can drop. So, I don't want to talk about the Eagles In terms of 49ers and Eagles, I want to talk about Monday Night Football and that ratings monster. Did you see the number on this? 29 million viewers. It's the largest average audience for a Monday Night Football broadcast since the Packers faced the Cowboys back in 1996. So, 1996 might as well be a different planet a different universe, certainly a different media universe, right? In 1996, there was no iPhone. The internet was still in its, I don't want to call it infancy, but the internet in 1996 is at best a toddler. Like a flip phone was something people would be like, whoa, what's that? A flip phone? This was even before the Razer flip phone came out. Text messaging wasn't even really a thing back in 1996. Like, the entire world was different in 1996. But the week 11 broadcast of Monday Night Football is the largest Monday Night Football audience ever assembled for Monday Night Football on ESPN. And it was a record that was topped this year because week one— when Aaron Rodgers had both of his hamstrings, not just one of them. Back in week one, that Jets-Bills week one Monday night football game got $22 million, which was the biggest Monday night football game in the history of ESPN until Monday at Arrowhead. So if there's one thing, that is for sure, is we can't get enough football. And a big game in prime time is the largest gathering Americans around any source of entertainment live at the same time that you're going to find anywhere. Um, And to think, all of that happened, you got the 29 million without Taylor Swift involved. I mean, my God, if Taylor Swift had been at the game, is that another 5 million people watching? 5 million 13-year-old girls who might have otherwise not been watching just to get a few cutaways of Taylor? It could have happened. That woman moves the needle. Can't deny Taylor her place and move in the needle. Huge osky bears. You know, Charbonnet sounds like someone trying to tell you about the different wines that they tried after a long day of wine test, testing. Yeah, <laughs> I liked the Charbonnet. I certainly really appreciated the, the oaky notes of the Merlot. That was very, very nice as well. <laughs> Mom's drunk, she's had way too many glasses of Charbonnet. <laughs> um, 49ers and Seahawks will be available on local TV, but for everyone else, that is going to be on Amazon, right? Um Amazon also has an exclusive, an exclusive, Friday, Black Friday game to offer for the first time ever. And I just saw some interesting stuff about this game that I got to share. Joe Pimplano, who covers sports and business with a Huddle Up newsletter that is really worth subscribing to. It's very interesting. He wrote that, you know, Amazon paid $100 million to stop people from going to the stores on Black Friday. They want to bring the store to you right in the middle of a football game. Uh, it, it, they insist that you sit at home and watch this game and And Amazon is essentially treating their Black Friday game like a little bit of a mini Super Bowl. They're charging advertisers twice what they charge their normal Thursday night football rate, which is normally $440,000 if you want to run a 30-second spot on Amazon's Thursday night football. But for Black Friday, with their exclusive one-game-only Black Friday game, they're charging $880,000 for a 30-second spot. Brands like Bose, State Farm, and DraftKings are debuting entirely new advertisements advertising campaigns specifically designed for the game and Amazon is going to be leveraging a new ad strategy called audience-based creative enabling ban- brands to target different audiences in the same commercial time slot In other words let's say you've just signed up for Amazon to watch football you're going to get commercial X let's say You are an Amazon Prime member that is signed up and shops on Amazon, and instead of getting commercial X, you could get commercial Y that is targeted to what you shop for, what your interests lie on, and during the commercial that you're watching on Amazon, you're going to be able to put that item right in your cart. Like, this is the ultimate, this is the future. I mean, this is where it's all going. The merger of sports and instant buying power, instant e-commerce is where all of this goes. So our first look at shopping in the future is going to be part of this Amazon Prime exclusive Black Friday game that they're offering. By the way... If you don't mind me saying, the whole concept of Black Friday is just gross. Like having people who really need deals battling each other in Walmart parking lots is just it's it's just awful that we have taken this weird morbid kind of weird viewership. It's like it's like Hunger Games for shopping. It's it's gross that we have turned Black Friday into a spectator sport. Oh, let's watch these two nice ladies club each other with their purses to get the last, you know, Sally dollar, whatever the go-to item is that they're shopping for this year. It's just something else. It's gross. It really is. So maybe it's less gross on Amazon, which again has crushed the normal brick and mortar mom and shop shopping places all over America. You, you can't root for Amazon, but it's ubiquitous, and you can't deny it. it's spot either. We'll get to someone else that you can't root for here in just a moment. But we've also, coming out of what was, was yesterday the worst sports night of the year? It's like there was nothing on. There was no football game, no real basketball games to speak of. There was a terrible sports night last night. Um, The Warriors are going to make this evening... Less of a terrible sports night. The Warriors snapped their six-game losing streak. They're in Phoenix to take on the Suns. That means Chris Paul is back in Phoenix, making it interesting. Obviously, this is Kevin Durant. This is Devin Booker. Still no Bradley Beal, though. Bradley Beal is not playing. The Warriors are basically healthy, but for Draymond, Draymond is healthy, but he's still on suspension. The rest of the team, I believe, is ready to go. This should be a good game. And look at the Warriors. They knock down shots. Who knows? They win this game. They've been better on the road than they've been at home. So certainly something for us to have our eye on tonight. Looking forward to that. And then I want to wrap up today before we hop into Club Plus with a story that just made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think I have to tell any of you. There's a sign right behind me that sort of gives away uh my affinity for Indiana. I spent some great years of my life in Indiana going to IU. I know the state of Indiana, I know the people in Indiana. There's an awful lot about them that is just dripping with Midwestern lovely hospitality. There is an awful lot of Indiana that drips with an element of un, you know, inbred racist just awful rednecks. There's you get both. You get you get both in Indiana. What I can tell you conclusively, I mean beyond the shadow of a doubt, is that when it comes to being racist in Indiana, White people are not subjected to it. And that brings me to Jim (laughs) Ursay. Jim Ursay, like, I wish we could just snap our fingers and Jim would have to live a year like the rest of us to get him out of his insulated douchebag billionaire bubble. A story on ESPN.com today says that Colt's owner, Jim Irsay was talking about his 2014 arrest for operating a vehicle while intoxicated. And it was a result of police prejudice against him. Prejudice against Jim Ursay? What group does he belong to that the Indiana, that the Indiana state troopers are being prejudiced against? And he said that he is being persecuted for being a rich white billionaire. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. In Indiana, first of all, you know how many billionaires there are in the state of California? There's almost 200 billionaires in the state of California. You don't want to know how many billionaires there are in the state of Indiana? Three. Three. I don't know who the last one is, but the first one is Jim Ursay. The second one is definitely the descendants of the Eli family, Eli, Eli Lilly, the pharmaceutical company. There's a Lilly library on the campus of Indiana. That's old school Indiana billionaire money. And I don't know who the third is, and I really don't care. But I don't see either of the other two white billionaires in Indiana living that, you know, what, four years of slave lifestyle that uh, Jim Irsay, was a seven years, what, what was the name of that movie? It was a really good movie. Um, anyways, Jim Irsay was talking to HBO Real Sports. The longtime Colts owner had to plead guilty in September of 2014 to a misdemeanor count of operating a vehicle while intoxicated. When asked why he pled guilty, Ursay responded, just to get it over with. Quote, I'm prejudiced because... I'm a rich, white billionaire, Ursay said during the interview, which aired Tuesday night on HBO. If I'm just the average guy down on the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. Dude, you fell asleep behind the wheel of your car in the middle of the street. I'm pretty sure anyone would get in a little bit of trouble doing that. And most of all, imagine what would happen if the dude sleeping slumped over his wheel had been black. Not a billionaire. There, there is a group of bees that is, is is prejudiced against. It's it's probably blacks more than billionaires, Jim. And then here is the most. This has to go on Jim Ursay's tombstone. This quote: Irsay was asked how he thought his assertion would be received. That he is being prejudiced against as a white billionaire in the state of Indiana. He says, quote, I don't care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I could give a darn what people think about how anything sounds or sounds like. The truth is the truth, and I know the truth. So Jim Irsay is actually kind of like a cool dude. Like he, he likes music. He collects an unbelievable uh, amount of m- music memorabilia, and he's got like the original manuscript of On the Road by Jack Kerouac. There's a lot of things that I, I kind of like about Jim Irsay, but I think that those days are over because this douchebag so lives in his own bubble. And there you go. It's the truth. I could give a damn what people think about anything. or, or what it sounds like. The truth is the truth. And I know the truth. Again, you know, the billionaire's truth, you know, your truth. You don't look at anything from any other perspective than your beat down upon prejudiced billionaire life that you have to just slug your way through. It's so tough. This is like John Fisher telling those three fans at the owners meetings, like, Oh, it's been harder on me than it's been on you guys. These fucking billionaires. What a group of assholes. Every single time they open their mouth, they get worse. They seriously do. (laughs) Eat the rich. Seriously. These freaking jagoffs. Police in the Indianapolis suburb of Carmel, which, by the way, is beautiful. Beautiful. Carmel is a very nice part of Indiana. It's where the money is. They pulled Ursay over in March of 2014 after he was spotted driving slowly, stopping in the roadway, and failing to use a turn signal. Not because they were hunting white billionaires that night. <laughs> I can, can you just see, like, a group of police getting together, like... You know, they're about to start their their evening shift, so they're clocking in like 5 p.m., and they're having their, uh, you know, everybody stay safe out there, meeting at the precinct, and they're like, all right, we got one goal tonight. That's to find Jim fucking Ursay. It's time to get that guy, because if there's one thing this mostly... Overwhelmingly white state with a mostly overwhelmingly white police force cannot stand, and that's the wealthy up upwardly mobile white guys. <laughs> I just in in Indiana in Indiana? White guys are doing just fine in Indiana. There's no other group of whites being persecuted in the state of Indiana. White billionaires only, apparently. The guy failed the field sobriety test. Well, why were you on the pills? Jim Irsay says, because my I just had hip surgery, so I'm on all these pills. Well, if you're on all those pills and you're a billionaire, you probably shouldn't be driving yourself, you dickhead. Police discovered various prescription drugs in Ursa's vehicle, along with $29,000 in cash. $29,000 just happened to have it on him. Who doesn't roll? What white guy in Indiana isn't rolling with a briefcase full of prescription pills and $29,000 in cash? It's It's just, it's unbelievable to me. It's it's like saying that the city of San Francisco goes out of its way to persecute gay people. Like you couldn't have it more wrong. There is no city in America that is more welcoming to the gay community than San Francisco. There is no state in America that is more right this way, white person, than the state of, of Indiana. And I'm not saying Indiana is overwhelmingly, awfully prejudiced against black people. What I am saying is that if you are white in the state of Indiana, you have less to worry about than probably at least 45 other states. I've never heard anyone make the argument white guys got it tough in Indiana. (laughs) That's just especially the white billionaire. Oh, that's, I feel bad for Jim Irsay. I feel bad for Jim Irsay. Seriously, Jim Irsay, I wish for just a minute we could snap our fingers, just snap our fingers and have Jim Irsay live in the bottom half of a two-family duplex condo for a year. And then you tell me if your billionaires got it worse, than someone who has to go fricking to Rayleigh's for the third night in a row to get a cheap cheeseburger because your paycheck is at the end of its cycle. Rallies? No, it's rallies or checkers. I forget. Anyway, that's just that's that's rich. That's borderline performance art. It's it's serious. We need to do like a a country song. It's tough being a white billionaire in the state of Indiana for Jim Ursay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there you go. Thanks to CG Ruthless for stopping by. Thanks to all of you for watching here on YouTube. We're about to dive deep into the chat for a little club plus. But if you are just tuned in, on the podcast. I thank you very very much and if you don't for whatever reason because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, if you don't if if we don't talk before you have Thanksgiving, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope it's surrounded with friends and family and loved ones and people that you care deeply about. I care deeply about you being a part of this audience. Thank you very much. It's not just an audience anymore. It's a community. It really is, and I'm thankful for it. So, thank you. Good luck to everyone. May your turkey be moist. May your stuffing be perfect. And may your white billionaire day not be interrupted by an overzealously policing white billionaire police department in the state of Indiana. Good luck to all of you. And remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's...